there. Welcome to another life-transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwit Achero. We're going to look at the Absalom syndrome. That's what I'm going to preach today. So even if you've heard it, you can hear it again. Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing by by the word of God. Amen. Now, I want to begin by just saying that loyalty is very key in everything that you try to establish. I have come to the conclusion that nothing can be built without loyalty. Because sometimes when we preach and talk about loyalty, people just think pastor wants to control people or manipulate people, or he will have power over people. But let me tell you, loyalty cuts across the board. It is what is needed in the marketplace. It is what is needed at the place of work. It is what is needed in marriage. I mean, everywhere you see people working together towards a common goal, they will require loyalty for whatever they are trying to achieve to be achieved. So it's not just in church, it's everywhere. Even a country needs loyal people for the country to be stable. You have seen the coups that have been taking place in Burkina Faso and Guinea, I believe. West Africa has been very unstable because of the coups. And it's because of one or two or three elements within the system. They become disloyal. All right? Like the army is very powerful. Yeah, if the army becomes disloyal to the president, things change in this country because they suspend the constitution. They take over all these media houses and they make an announcement and they say, we have suspended the constitution and the president is under house arrest. And they say, from today, we are declaring a state of emergency. All right? Because the country is now falling into the hands of the military. And everything will change. Everything will change, I'm telling you. And there might be war. There might be war. And tomorrow you might not go to work. You're very quiet. But what I'm saying is true. Yeah, you will not go to work. Your children will not go to school. All right? And, and so you can see the reason why the country is stable we have peace, all right? The president can go to Dubai and come back. <laughs> it's because there's loyalty in the country. Kwame Nkrumah was the president of Ghana. He left the country to go out, and he never came back alive. He left and he went, and when he went, while he was away, the military took over the country. And they told him, don't come back. He stayed in another country for so many years until he died. And even when he died, they did not want him to come back. So you can see how important loyalty is. And this was a democratically elected president. When he traveled, they told him, now that you have gone, please don't come back. You're not welcome here. Stay there. He stayed, he stayed until he died. You know, and they were suggested that he, this, that he should be buried in the country where he died. 
a democratic elected president of a country because of what? Disloyalty. So it's a terrible thing. So it's not just a church thing we are talking about. You need, this, you need loyalty everywhere. Do you understand? Yeah, you need loyalty in your house. So when you leave your house manager with your children, hmm? your house manager does not show your children pornographic content or strips your son naked and begin to play with his nini. They call it nini. Look at the way mothers are depressed with what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is true. You need loyalty everywhere. Isn't it? Am I saying the truth? So it's a subject that is not just a, a church thing. It's a good thing. Because when there's loyal, loyal soldiers in a country, there will be no coups. We'll have peace. And the country will be stable. When there is no disloyalty in the home, you will not be worried about your children. Hallelujah. Yes, you'll not be worried about your wife. Because your wife is loyal to you. She's not loyal to the caretaker. When you go, the caretaker take takes over. When you're about to come, you know, you, 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 if, if your wife is not loyal to you, she, she, she will quote the scripture Reverend Ababu was quoting here the other day. My husband has gone to a far country. Or oh, some of you think it's only men who cheat. Huh? Women are powerful in cheating. You will never know. That's why they say the only person who knows the father of your children. <laughs> Ladies are not happy with me, but I'm preaching. I will not be intimidated by your faces. One day, a lady came to my office and told me, Pastor, there is something I want to share with you. I said, what do you want to share with me? I said, it's very sensitive and I need your counsel. I'm living with my husband. We have children, but my husband does not know that those children are not his. Yeah, because women know. They know their bodies. And they know how their bodies work. Yes. And when they do their calculations, they know. Yeah. Women, why are you quiet? You should talk to me. They will say, this one. Angalia <laughs> mapua. So tell your neighbor, we need this side. Why are you very quiet? What is happening in this area? Can I send my soldiers here? So we need loyalty everywhere. Everywhere loyalty is needed. Do you understand? In the home, at the place of work, if you start a business and you have workers, you need them to be loyal to you. Hallelujah. That's why a lot of employers, they, they put cameras so they can monitor what is going on. 
One day, a pastor is, is, was giving a story of one day he went and installed cameras in the room where the people are counting money. And he did not tell them. He could not believe what he saw. Because he's been wondering. I mean, people are giving, but when you look at the giving and you look at the figures, they're not making sense. So he did not tell the people he was, who were counting money that he's installing. So he went and he installed the camera. And then he watched how they were counting the offerings. So they were doing this. In their pockets. In their pockets. Loyalty is needed everywhere. That's why we want to talk about Absalom syndrome. Because if there is no loyalty, let me tell you, what we are trying to build here, it will never go far. Loyalty ensures that whatever you're building has longevity. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Do you want this ministry to last for many years? Are you sure? Me too. I want it to last for many years. And so loyalty is what is going to help us. Amen. Second Samuel chapter 15, verse 1 to 12. The Bible says, after this, it happened that Absalom provided himself with chariots and horses and 50 men to run before him. Now Absalom will rise early and stand beside the way to the gate. So it was whenever anyone who had a lawsuit came to the king for a decision that Absalom will call to him and say, what city are you from? And you will say, your servant is from such and such a tribe of Israel. Then Absalom will say to him, look, your case is good and right, but there is no deputy of the king to hear you. Moreover, Absalom will say, oh, that I were made judge in the land, and everyone who has any suit or cause will come to me. Then I will give him justice. And so it was whenever anyone came near to bow down to him that he will put out his hand and take him and kiss him. In this manner, Absalom acted toward all Israel who came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole. Anywhere you see stealing, it means it doesn't belong to you. He stole the hearts of the men of Israel. Verse 7. Now it came to pass after 40 years that Absalom said to the king, please. Now he's been stealing people's hearts for 40 years. That's a long time. Carefully crafted strategy. Absalom syndrome. 40 years of working and kissing people. Can you imagine how many people he kissed? For 40 years. Ask your neighbor, how old are you? Please, talk to your neighbor. Ask your neighbor, how old are you? And ask, the, ask their neighbor, for those many years you have lived, how many people have you kissed? Please, behind there, people are not talking to their neighbors. For 40 years, Absalom was kissing people. Philip, can you imagine? I mean, if Absalom was wearing lipstick, a lot of people would be having 
the mark of his lips on their cheeks. Kissing them. Ask your neighbor, why are you shy and you do these things? <laughs> and you're enjoying it. Somebody blow a kiss. I heard somebody ask, where? Just in there. <laughs> you don't need to blow it to anywhere. <laughs> For 40 years, give me the scripture. 40 years, his business was to kiss so he may steal. I mean, you can see that, that that was a lot of affection. A lot of affection to the people. You know, you, 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 you can go overboard with an evil intention. Isn't it true? Yeah, you can actually go overboard. But even kissing, you can go overboard. Yeah, please, those who are married, as you kiss, please, don't go overboard. Don't eat somebody's tongue. It's not allowed. Be gentle. Ransom, please. Yeah, please be gentle, man. Yeah, nobody, somebody should not say after that, say, oh, I'm, I have ulcers, I need to use mouthwash, you what, I need to see a doctor, I need, no, yeah, they have blisters. You are literally eating. <laughs> 40 years of kissing, going overboard to steal to steal the hearts of people. Hey, that's a long time. Grace, what do you think about this kissing stuff for 40 years? Hmm? He was a very patient man. So you want a patient man. Is that what you are saying? <laughs> Give me the scripture. Now it came to pass after 40 years. Yes, that Absalom said to the king, please let me go to Hebron and pay the vow which I made to the Lord. Look at the way he's very subtle. For your servant took a vow while I dwelt at Geshu in Syria, saying, if the Lord indeed brings me back to Jerusalem, then I will serve the Lord. Verse 9. And the king said to him, go in peace. So he arose and went to Hebron. Mm -hmm. And Absalom sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, as soon as you hear, the sound of the trumpet, then you shall say, Absalom. You see, after kissing people for 40 years, he knew that he had gathered a crowd. And he said, now, as soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, then you shall say, Absalom reigns in Hebron. Wow. And with Absalom went 200 men invited from Jerusalem. There was a special card that was going around to invite people for this coronation in Hebron. And they went along innocently. The Bible says with, in KGV with simple minds. Innocently. They just followed and did not know anything. I pray that you not have a simple mind. Alright? Verse 12. And with Absalom went, then Absalom sent for Ahithophel. Ahithophel was a counselor of David. The Gilonite, David's counselor from his city, from Gilo, while he offered sacrifices. And you see, he even called the guy, while the guy was in the church, 
He was in the church serving, offering a sacrifice to God. Yeah? And Absalom said, what are you doing? I said, I'm in church. Listen to my father. I said, no, 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 no. Come. Come. And immediately, the guy was through with praise and worship. He did not sit for the sermon. <laughs> when he was done with praise and worship, as he left the stage, he went and picked his bag and he went to Absalom International Revival Apostolic and Prophetic Conference. Then the pastor finished preaching. He said, okay, we want to sing this song as we are concluding the service. Uh, worship leader so-and-so, where are you? Oh, he has left. He is with Absalom. Mercy. And the conspiracy, look at that. And the conspiracy, where is it? Where is the scripture? And their conspiracy grew strong for the people with Absalom continually increased in number. You, you, you can see that sometimes when there is disloyalty, people who are disloyal look for others who are disloyal and then they call them and say, what are you still doing there? You're still offering sacrifices. The cloud has moved. The glory has shifted. Yeah? So come this side. We have a new prophet from Senegal. His name is Prophet Absalom. I'm telling you he's anointed. The guy, first of all, he is very handsome. Pastor Absalom has ish. It reaches here, my friend. Because he used to cut his hair and sell it. Hmm? Your pastor doesn't have hair. But Absalom has beautiful hair. He's handsome. Come. And he kisses us after every service. When is the last time your pastor kissed you? Uh, I cannot remember. Come. Come and see a man. Who kisses without getting tired? <laughs> How many want a kiss here? You see, now, you, now you don't want to lift your hand, but when an SMS comes through, say, I think I need to go and receive a kiss from who? Absalom. It's an anointed kiss. When Absalom kisses you, oh, all your problems disappear. You forget your pain because of the way he kisses. He's such a kisser. <laughs> such an anointed kisser. I think all the ladies who are frustrated in their marriage were Absalom's members who are not getting kisses from their husbands. <laughs> Mercy! So you can see that his motivation was wrong. He had an evil motivation. And we have to talk about his syndrome because that is what is destroying the church. Signs of Absalom syndrome. Number one is inflated ego. 
Your ego is inflated. Now, everybody has an ego. Everybody here, you have an ego. Because an ego is just a person's sense of self-esteem. It's how you see yourself. Self-importance. Because this is the way you feel. You feel like you're, you're kind of important. Even if people say you're not important, but you, the way you look at yourself, you, 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 you think you're important. Isn't it? Yeah. You don't look at yourself and say, ah, you taka taka, whatever, nothing, trash. No, the way you look at it, you say, even if, even if, even if I'm Sijaomoka, but I'm, 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 I'm not badly off. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Isn't it? So everybody has an ego. The problem becomes, the problem comes when your ego is inflated. All right? And Absalom had an inflated ego. You understand? He had a big ego. Hmm? Verse 1. Look at what happened. He, verse 1, verse 1. Okay, I can read this. Verse 1. The Bible says, after this, it happened that Absalom provided himself with chariots. He's not a king, but he wants to look like one. He provided for himself. Inflated ego. For himself. Chariots and horses. And 50 men to do what? To run after him. He is not yet a leader. And look, he is even under the masses of God. You see, this story we are reading here is after Absalom had come back. Remember, Absalom had killed his brother because the brother had raped the sister. And David was very mad with Absalom. And so Absalom went into exile. We will look at it shortly. He went into exile. Now he has come back and David has allowed him to come back because he was supposed to die. He was supposed to be killed. Now he has come back before even the dust settles. He has provided for himself chariots and horses and 50 men to run before him. Mercy. Inflated ego. Very bad. Hallelujah. Inflated ego. Hey. You know, sometimes I see even some people who call themselves men of God, and I'm just surprised. A guy has five members, but he has an entourage and security detail. And he has five members. Who is trying to kill you with five members? That five member, you know, if he has three children and one wife, so three quarters of the membership is his family. He has an entourage, inflated ego, you know, and he's trying, he, he thinks more than what he is. More than what he is. Mm. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Let me show you something here. Romans 12, verse 3 to 8. What does the Bible say? For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Think soberly. Tell your neighbor, think soberly. But Absalom syndrome makes you to have an inflated ego. 
Have you met somebody who talks and talks and he talks big the way, you know, he's having a meeting with the cabinet secretary, he's having a meeting, you know, with the assistant so you, of who, of who, of who. In fact, in, and then he pretends he's receiving a call, he goes out, you know, and then he comes back, he says, do you know, <laughs> that, that, that is Raila's uh, personal assistant who was calling me to confirm if I'm going to attend the dinner because he's going to have a dinner. Hey! But the person has nothing. One day I met another young man and he was telling me, oh, I've been watching you. I've been blessed by your ministry, man. I want to be a blessing to you. I said, oh, how? I said, I want to help you buy a car. He said, oh, wow. That's, that's, that's nice. That's beautiful. Then I, 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 I started insisting. So I said, let me just follow. You know, came with a Mercedes, which I'm sure it was not his said it was for the wife. He said, this is my, my wife's Mercedes. I bought my wife's Mercedes. This is her Mercedes. Just test it. So I entered and tested it. Hey, I came back and said, this thing has power. He said, yes, it has power. And he said, I can bring you the latest. I said, wow. So I told him, send me pictures. He sent me a lot of pictures, a lot of pictures, a lot of pictures. Then I told him, I have chosen this one. Is the one I want to buy. So bring it. <laughs> and he sent me something that looks like and I don't know how it looks like for me to feel so that I can be able to make my order, blah, blah, blah. And I felt, no. Let me send another pastor to go and see him. So I called that pastor. I said, go call this guy and tell him you are interested to buy a car so that he can show you where his yard is. So that pastor called the guy and the guy gave him directions to go where the yard is. And the pastor went there. The pastor called me and told me there is nothing there. Inflated. You go. Think soberly. Tell your neighbor, think soberly. We have a lot to cover. Number two is selfish ambition. Absalom sinned. Selfish. Selfish. Hmm? You must be ambitious, but it's not, it's not supposed to be selfish. Yeah. Be ambitious. Look forward to great things, but don't be selfish. Hallelujah. Because when you have selfish ambitions, you will be like Absalom. Hmm? The Bible says in verse 2, he will rise up early. His motivation to rise up early is not to be in the morning glory. It was a bad motivation. He will rise up early and stand beside the way to the gate. So it was whenever anyone who had a lawsuit came to the king for a decision that Absalom will call to him and say, what city are you from? He rose early so that he can speak to as many people as possible to try and sway them. Selfish ambition. You understand? Hmm? Are you catching or you're not catching? Are you getting it or you're not getting it? Yeah. So he just wanted to look like he's really nice, wakes up early, he's a hardworking man, but let me tell you, the ambition was selfish. Number three, wrong positioning. He was in a wrong place. Huh? He was in a place where he was not supposed to be. He was at the gate. He was where watchmen are. And he was not a greeter, by the way. 
<laughs> he went to the gate before the people accessed the king. He was there with them to talk to them and try to show them how busy the king is at the gate. At the gate. At the gate. Talking to people at the gate. Giving them kisses at the gate. Smiling at them at the gate. But his heart was corrupted. Hallelujah. Look, if you don't deal with the Absalom syndrome, you will always be in the wrong places. And when you're in the wrong places, you will hear terrible things. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you are in a location where they are gossiping your church, you will hear very bad things. Look, me as your pastor, I cannot entertain anybody who comes to gossip you in my presence. I can't. All right? But I've realized the people who are always with gossip is because they're in a wrong location. Don't say gossip is looking for you. You are the one looking for it. Mm -hmm. You're very quiet. But I will be on your street very soon. Oh, you know, Pastor, I don't know what is wrong with me. The only men who are approaching me are married. <laughs> they are not approaching you. You are going where married men are. I, I told you I'm coming slowly, but I'll just get there, isn't it? Yes, you are in a wrong location. When we call for singles meeting, you don't come. Hmm? Because you say that you are looking for a loaded man. Most loaded people are married. It is true. Most loaded people with money are married. But they didn't start like that. Most of them started broke, busted, and disgusted. And then they built their lives together with their spouses up to where they have reached. You, you don't want that process. That's why you're in a wrong location. No wonder they are proposing to you. And you're enjoying their attention. Because they start telling you very stupid things. I'll pay your rent. Please help me. What else do they say? The salon is on my, my budget. I will buy you a small car. Duet. Or vids. And those things excite you. You feel very excited. Look, you're more than a vids. You are more than a vids. You are more than rent. Yani, somebody pays for you rent so that you may spread your legs to him. How cheap are you? Yani, how have you how have you lowered yourself? Until now, he can come to your house anytime he wants. Anywhere he wants. Because he pays rent. And he sleeps with you. 
Then he wakes in the morning and he goes. How cheap are you? Look. Not being able to parent, you will never die. Look, even if you are quiet, don't think that I will hurry up. I'll just take my time. I, 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 not, so you just better respond because your silence will not make me hurry up. In fact, maybe when you respond, I will feel like you have gotten it so that I move to the next point. Hmm? <laughs> Positioning. Positioning. You can't tell me it's only married people who are proposing to you. Something is wrong. You're like Absalom. You're in a wrong location. Glory to God. Oh, pastor, you know me, the only guys that are showing interest to me are the ones who are not born again. Yeah. And you know, when I come to church, nobody's saying anything. These brothers are just spiritual. They're just praying, whatever. But there are places, the people who are approaching me are not born again. Is there anything wrong with me? Yes. You are in a wrong location. You see, people who are not born again, they are very easy to approach a lady. Because most of them are not committed to marriage. They just want to take you to bed. But a brother who is in charge, he's thinking seriously about the decision. Because he knows if this lady says yes, I'm going to marry her. And if I marry her, then we're going to stay for the rest of our lives. So he says, I have to be very careful. I must be very, very sure that the face I see in church is the same face. <laughs> the hips are real. They are not exaggerated. My God, you're very quiet, but I'm not intimidated with your silence. I preach anyway. He has to be careful. He has to be sure. He prays. Say, oh God, show me a sign. Show me a sign, oh God. Show me a sign, oh God. Father, I know she's beautiful. I know, Lord, she's attractive. But Lord, I don't want to follow the beauty. Because, Lord, I know beauty can change. Father, lead me. Father, if you don't say, I will not say. And God is quiet. That's why they are not in a hurry to come to you. But you, when you go in a wrong location, you are proposed to by five men in one hour. Then you say, this is where things are happening. Tell your neighbor, you're tripping, you're tripping, you're tripping. You're tripping. Wrong location! Like Absalom. In fact, ladies, you should pray. God, let the one that come to me let him be the one who has prayed and shocked so much in prayer. That when he comes, I can have an inner witness that this is the man that God has ordained for me. Hmm. It is not how many times you are proposed to. It's the right person proposing to you. Don't think that we shall give you a certificate during your wedding that this one has been proposed to five times. 
Ladies and gentlemen, let's celebrate our, our sister here. Five men have... No! It's not a badge of honor. Tell them about location. Tell them again, location. Tell them again, location. Because where you are, you will meet people. And if it's a wrong location, you will meet the wrong you will meet the wrong people. He was at the gate. He was, not, he was supposed to be. Can you imagine a king? A, a prince. A king in the making. You know a prince is a king in waiting. He's at the gate. Sorry. May, may, may God rest his soul in eternal peace. Akona soja. Akona caretaker. Kwa get. Asubui. Early in the morning. Son of a king. Wrong location. Because definitely he was going to hear a lot of stuff from the people. There are places when you go you will hear a lot of things. Oh yes. You will hear a lot of things. You just go and stand next to a, the bedroom of your neighbor's house. One day, uh, should I give you this story or not? <laughs> Pastor Berry, where were you? Where you found me? There's a house I used to live, Pastor Nguru. My first house. Let me tell you, it was not easy. Because my bedroom was next to the bedroom of another neighbor. Boss. And I'm single. Robust and single. Anointed and single. The things I was hearing at night. There are times I could put music. The whole night. Until one day when I woke up in the morning. I, I, I looked at my neighbor. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> just looked at him and said, hey, Yanni. Yanni, from eight to five. Hey! Hey! <laughs> when Pastor Mary came, I was delivered. Say, Lord, thank you for remembering your servant. And you see, it was my first house, so I didn't even have a lot of money to move from that house because I was given that house by somebody else. So I was even riding on his deposit. Mm -hmm. My sitting room didn't have seats. So now I just had to make do with the situation. So I could put music, worship music. But you know the mind is powerful, even as you are worshiping. <laughs> I'm telling you. So tell your neighbor location. I mean, there are places if you go, you will hear things. You will hear things. And you have to be careful where you are. 
you should never be where they're discussing your pastor. Never. Where they're discussing your church in the bad light, you should never be there. Just tell them, excuse me, I thought this was a very important prayer meeting, but I've realized it's not the meeting I, I thought. Can I be excused? And you leave and you go. Because you don't want to succumb to Absalom syndrome. Because whether you like it or not, the more you stay in that location, you will also lift up your hand and say, I also have a comment. I've been looking for a forum to express it. And you will say something. You understand? Yeah, you will say something. You have to be very careful. Location is important. Can we go deeper? Are you, are you, are you breathing? Are you okay? Are you doing well? Mm -hmm. So ask your neighbor, where do you normally spend most of your time in? Where? Huh? Number four is gathering of data. Gathering of data. Look at verse 2. He says, now Absalom will rise and stand beside the way to the gate. So it was whenever anyone had a lawsuit came to the king for a decision that Absalom will call to him and say, what city are you from? And he will say, your servant is from such and such tribe of Israel. He was gathering data. By asking people where they are coming from, you are able to know out of this a thousand people, at least I have 500 from Utawala, then I have 500 from uh, Mlolongo. So that means if I break away and go and move to Utawala and start a church, all these people I have been kissing, at least I'll have 500. So all the ones who were kissed and they enjoyed the kissing, who come from this particular place where he has gathered data from, they will follow him. Gathering data. Hmm? He will look like he's really concerned. Oh, where do you stay? Oh. Oh. You say Tasia. Oh, that, that, that one goes to Nyayo Estate. No, 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 no. Leave that one. The other. Oh, the one that, on the left there. I know that road. Then you go, you go, you go. Then you get to a junction there. Tell me from the junction. You go right or left? Say you go left. Oh, you go left. How far left? If you see a green building, you have arrived. You say, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know the place. And one day he will even surprise you. Say, I told you I'll come. Yeah, I've just come to encourage you. You know, today when I, I, I was praying, the Lord told me, go and visit Brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so and encourage him. So I have just come to encourage you. And then you, you're like, wow, even pastor has never come to my house. And Absalom, the anointed kisser, has come. I'm sure today, before he leaves, he will kiss me again. <laughs> Data. You get to know where people live. You get to know what they are doing. So you find Absalom will even come to visit you at the place of work. Say, sister, as I was passing, I remember you told me last month that you work here at Samir. I, I, I was here and I remembered you. I've just come to see where you work. Oh, you have a lovely office. Before I go, I have to leave prayers. 
Then they pray. After praying, they say, before I leave, give me your hand. I leave the blessing of her. <laughs> when that person leaves, you are so touched. Huh? You are so moved. And your pastor doesn't know where you work. Doesn't know where you live. He has never even come. But it will be your test. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Look, for me as a leader, one of the things I do, I don't want to buy your loyalty. Yeah. I don't want you to be loyal to me because I came to your house. Because if I come this month and then I don't come next month, then I don't come the following month, then I don't come again, you'll be offended. So let me not come. So that your loyalty to me is not based on what I do, but it's based on the revelation you have that this is my pastor and this is my prophet. Period. Without kissing. You see, you can't clap because you want a kiss. I thought the clapping would be louder than that, but before, because there is no kissing. His loyalty is very dry. It needs to be spiced up a little bit. Then he's bring your hand. You want a kiss. <laughs> uh, many people here, I've never visited their house. I can count the houses I've gone to. Yeah, I think I've been to your house. I've been to your house when you're living in Mbakasi before you moved. Yeah, I've never been to his house. I don't know where he lives. I think there's a time we came to your house. We were dropping you. But we never entered anyway. So we don't even know how your house looks like. I don't even know where she lives. Yeah. Grace, did we come to your house to open a sick group? No, we haven't. I don't even know where this guy lives. Where do you live? If you do like this, what are you trying to say? I've never been to his house, Ransom. Have I been in your house? When you're in Tasia, we came when we were launching a sick group. I've never been to his house. Have I been to your house? No. How comes you've never invited me to your house? Oh, there's a time I'm supposed to come, then I travel. Yeah. Have I been in your house? Yes, I have. Yeah. I'm have I been in your house? No, I've never visited his house. I just know he lives somewhere. Have I been in your house? No. Have I been in your house? I've been in your house. I've not been in your house. Hey. Can you see Anyway, I'm joking. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I, I, I was not serious. I thought I came to your house. See, group. Really? All right. You can see that most of the houses I go or I went to is because of sick group. Yeah, but you know, just see me. Ta-da! <laughs> because I know some of you, when I do that, you will faint. You will collapse because you're wondering, where do you start from? Hmm. 
Or I should pull one on you. Surprise! He gathered, he gathered data. He gathered what? Data. I'm telling you. Have I been to your house, Steve? Yes, I've been to your house. Was it his C group as well? Yeah, and you really cooked for us. Ish. Mercy. We ate. Was there Mursik? I kept on asking for Mursik that day. You make it. But you gave me a guard or something. Yeah, I can mention few. Even I've not been to Dennis's house. I don't even know where I live. You have been? Yeah. You want to see the baby? Yeah. I've never been to Anna's house. Yeah. And I'm not saying this so that you invite me. I'm good. Yeah. Ta-da! That's what you want. <laughs> yeah. Gathering of data. Very dangerous. Number five. Are you still with me? A long way to go, man. Undermining the leader. Undermining the leader. That's an Absalom song. Undermining the leader. No leader above you, you are able to respect. You undermine that leader. You trash that leader. Don't respect them at all. Verse 3. Then Absalom will say to him, Look, your case is good. What you have is a very good case. In fact, this case I can handle it very good. And right. But. There is a but. There is no deputy of the king to hear you. That means the king is so busy that he doesn't even have a structure put in place to be able to take care of people like you. And yet when I listen to you, your case is very good. Very, very good. Yeah. In fact, you are innocent. I wish the king was here to hear what you said. You are innocent. So he made the king look bad. It's like the king doesn't have structure. And the king was his father. This is his father he's talking about. And he made the king look bad in the eyes of the people. Look, if you are a leader and you have nothing good to say about your appointing authority, resign. You can't clap, but it's very powerful. Resign. You have no business Working under that leader. If what you say before me is not what you say behind my back, resign. Because you're an Absalom. The king was not there. Look at what he said about the king. Very bad things about the king. Undermining the king in the, in the eyes of the people. Mercy. Hallelujah. You see, as a leader, most of you are leaders. Leaders of sick groups, leaders of departments. You realize that you have more interactions with people more than the senior pastor. If you struggle to make your pastor look good in the eyes of the people you are leading, you are becoming an Absalom. Even John said, I must decrease so that he may increase. You as a leader, you must decrease and let your leader increase. Make him look so good 
mweupe kama pamba. Hmm? Don't go to the hospital and then you tell people you see we are the ones on the ground. <laughs> we are the ones on the ground taking care of you. Yeah, sisi ndio tuko kwa ground. Sisi ndio tunajua nini naendelea kwa ground. Yeah. Then you tell people look, you know I've even just come because I'm really really interested with what is happening in your life. I'm sure even the pastor is not aware you're in the hospital. But if you give me your greetings I'll take it to him. You don't make the pastor look good. I've always taught your language here that even if I don't send you when you're going to see a member tell that member I have been sent. Yes. I am not here on my own account. I have been sent by my pastor. Yes. Yeah, he's not too busy to come. But he's engaged in something else which cannot allow him to come. That's why we are here. We are here to represent him. And when you see me, you have seen him. That's how you speak. Eh, huko nyuma watu Pastor Dan, hawa watu wakitengela, they are not clapping. Oh, now they are clapping. Yes. Always make your leader look good. Are you in the worship team? Make your leader look good. Yes. Are you in the media? Make your leader look good. Are you in a C group? Make your leader look good. Are you in a church? Make your pastor look good. Because if you don't do that, then you are becoming what? An Absalom. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Don't say the pastor is busy. Hmm? Don't tell people, you know when the church was young, he was everywhere. Now, he has become so busy. He's an international preacher. He cannot come down to your level. We are the ones who are able to come down to your level. He is a, he's a big man. He's a big shot. <laughs> Let me shock you. Can I shock you? You might say, oh, those things and that member will just be listening to you. After you're done, that member will come and tell pastor everything you said. It has a way. And I'll prove to you from the scriptures, it has a way of coming to the leader. Because there are people who talk, talk, and they think the pastor will not say. In fact, they will talk, they say, look, everything I've told you, don't say I told you. I just wanted you to know. But it has a way of reaching the man of God. Hallelujah. One day I was eating somewhere in a restaurant. Pastors also eat in restaurants. Yeah, I was just eating. No, it was not a fine restaurant. It was like a kibanda. Because sometimes you just feel like going somewhere where you can just eat food. When you order food, it comes quickly. I know these tricks. There are some nice restaurants, but you have to be patient. They will tell you the food will take 40 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever. Yeah, but sometimes you don't have that patience. You just want to go and see. Where, where is the meat? They say the meat is here. You look at it. Say, this one. So that's where we went. And I was, I was seated. I'm eating. Then a guy comes with a smile. I said, stop right there. Stop right there. I told him, your smile is hypocritical. I have heard everything. 
you've been saying about me. Then you're coming here smiling to greet me. I told him, I don't want your greeting. Stand and go. He couldn't believe it. Yeah. I told him, go. And I'm, I told him, as you're going, I'm not missing anything. Because I already know who you are. You're an Absalom. Go. Don't greet me. I wish I recorded so I can play for you. You see how he was living. Have you ever seen a scared dog with a tail in between the legs? That's how he left. It has a way. It has a way. It has a way. It's like the days of Moi. You discuss Moi in your bedroom. In the morning, the soldiers have arrived. You say, so what were you saying about Moi? <laughs> Numbers, chapter 12. Numbers chapter 12, verse 1. As I'm sharing this, I want you to run away from this syndrome. It's a terrible syndrome. Yeah, it spoils the church. Then Miriam, let's speak, let's read. And Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. Moses had fall in love with an African beauty. Nakwambia ali kwameka no kimbaya. Keusi lakini ka beautiful. Mose akasema hii lazima nichukue. Hii lazima nipeleke bedroom ni kiss. This one, this is an African beauty. Let me tell you, African women are very beautiful. Ooh, are they here in this house? African women are very beautiful. Especially Kenyan women. And I hear brother say, me I'm looking for Amzungu. Learn from Moses. <laughs> you see, one of them is there. <laughs> but it's like the one who is focusing on Miriam. Uh, who is on the camera? Anyway, moving on swiftly. Let's go back to the uh, let's go back to the scriptures. <laughs> All right. It's the one who is mixing, isn't it? So then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because are we reading because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married? For he had married, look at the way the Bible is repeating. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. Huh? He had married a woman from Africa. And the Bible is repeating to stress the fact that Moses actually chose a woman from Africa. And this is a Jew, this is a Hebrew. How, how dare you choose an African? How dare you choose Moses? What's wrong with you? Why are you mixing the seed? You're corrupting the seed. Your seed is white. You're adding black. It will be black. <laughs> and who are the ones who are complaining? Miriam and Aaron. And Miriam was the sister, the elder sister to Moses. Verse 
So, they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us, us also? And who had it? So, you, you are thinking as you are talking to that person, the pastor will not hear. But the Lord is listening to the conversation that is going on. How you are tearing down the man of God. How you are doing all those things. Just saying nasty things. And then the Lord hears. And the Bible says the Lord will not do nothing but reveal his secrets to his prophets, his servants. Yeah. Even sometimes somebody will not come and tell you. But you will stand before the man of God. And the spirit of God will tell you. This one was discussing you yesterday. The Lord had it. Look at verse 3. And see the man that they are trying to accuse. Read it. Now, the man Moses was very humble. More than all the men who were on the face of the earth. And I agree. Because it takes humility to marry an African woman. If you want humility, marry an African woman. Anyway, that's a message for another day. Very humble. Suddenly, the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out. Verse 5. Hmm? Then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam and they both went forward. They were being summoned by God. Then he said, hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I the Lord make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. But when it comes to Moses, not so with my servant Moses. He He is faithful in all my house. I don't know which spectacles God is using. That's why it's not right for you to judge a man of God. Because the way God sees a man of God is not the way you see a man of God. Even says I speak with him face to face. You have a conversation with him face to face. Even plainly. And not in dark sayings. Because Miriam was a prophetess. So she was, God was speaking to her in dark sayings. So sometimes she was prophesying, but it was not true. Because she was in the dark. But for Moses, it was direct communication. Everything was clear. So when it comes to talking about God, Moses was more accurate than Miriam as a prophetess. Oh God. Because what I see in the church... It's an error. People think the prophet who is in the church is more accurate than the pastor, the Moses that God has placed over the house. Wrong. It is the pastor who is more accurate. He might not prophesy. He might not see your ATM. He might not see the color of your underwear. He might not see the size of your stomach. But let me tell you, he's more accurate because God speaks to him face to face. You can't clap, but it's powerful. It's amazing. Then he tells them, I speak to him face to face. Go back. I speak to him face to face. Face to face. Even plainly. Even plainly. 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 
plainly. It's very plain. He knows I'm the one speaking to him. And not in dark saying. And he sees the form of the Lord. Why then? Why are you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Are you not afraid? So you think you're hiding. Oh, I'll say bad things about him. Oh, I'm an Absalom. Blah, blah. But he will know. He will know. So tell him, but be careful. Oosh, where are we? You will not undermine the leader, isn't it? Number six. It's a wrong motive for leadership position. A wrong motive. Be writing notes. You can't remember everything. Huh? Some, of you, some of you think you have a very brilliant mind, but it's not. If I ask you of the service what I shared, you'll just say two points. It's good to write. Wrong motive for verse 4. What do we see in 2 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 4? What did this gentleman do? Verse 4. Give me verse 4. Are you enjoying this teaching? Tell your neighbor Nangia. Let's read together. Moreover, Absalom will say, Oh, oh, that our maid judge in the land, and everyone who has any suit or cause will come to me. Then I will give him justice. Are you seeing selfish motive for a leadership position? I want to be a just so people can come to me. Not go to the king. I want them to come to me. I want to be the judge so they can come to me. You know those days kings were also judges. I want him to come to me. I want the people to come to me. To me. To me. <laughs> Mercy. Do you know there are people who left this church because I refused to appoint them leaders? Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. My leadership style is very different. I'm, I'm very slow in appointing people into leadership. I'm very slow. I'm not in a hurry. All right? On 6th, I'm going to be appointing new pastors. I'm announcing it earlier so that when you see that I have not appointed you, you should not be angry and mad. It simply means that your time has not come, but your time is coming. Oh, don't say, hi. Then, what your point? Nani, na wuna nitu nakwangana ye? We ride in the same car. We eat lunch most of the time. We talk all the time. Ah, apa ni kujuana. Apa ni kujuana. It's nothing like that. Your time has not come. Because if I put you in a place you don't have capacity for, the place will kill you. And I don't want you to die before your time. Dennis, come. I'm going to give you a very interesting example. Dennis, are you here? Come and stand here. 
You always stand where? When you're leading worship. Where do you stand? Oh, you jump up and down, isn't it? Do, can you count how many times you move from that end to that end? When you're leading worship, you can't count. Do they understand the weight you carry of preparing a worship set every week? Do you think they understand? Do you think some of them can handle it? Because they really want positions. Can they really handle it? Do, do they understand sometimes we have back and forth? You send me a list, I tell you, change it, correct it, do this, remove this, put this. You send us, I don't like, no, 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 change this, whatever. They don't understand that. But they love standing under the lights and be the ones on the microphone, with the microphone. Lift up your hands. Jump, 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 jump. And you think that is all. Jump, 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 jump. Wapinduru. <laughs> it is more than that. Thank you. It's heavy. So if I appoint you in a place you don't have capacity for, it will kill you. To kill you. You say, hey, 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 I didn't know this thing is like this. Pastor, forgive me, but I, I want to step down. Those people who have preached here, stand to your feet. We have told you to preach and you prepared a sermon. Stand. It's easy, isn't it? Yeah? You just take the microphone and then you say, praise the Lord. I have the word from the Lord. And you start preaching, isn't it? Is it easy? Huh? How was the first day? Steve Kapong, how, how was the first day? Um, the first thing is uh, before even you go up, uh, your mouth is very dry. Before you go up, your mouth is dry. Uh, your knees refuse to stand. So you feel if I stand, I might fall down. <laughs> but you gather strength. You gather but, strength. but it's not easy even preparing the sermon yeah. itself, yes. It's not easy. Well, some people just think, ah, I'll just go there. She passion and right kwanza. Just go around. Then I'll turn. Then climb the stairs. And then I'll come and say, praise the Lord, church. Huh? Let's do this. Huh? No, I was just walking. I was just walking. I was just walking. <laughs> Please be seated. Thank you. It's, 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 it's weight. It's weight. Serious weight. 
Look at these pastors right now, preaching every Sunday. Is wait, how is it? Even preaching your sermon. Yeah. yeah. It's not just copy and paste. Yeah. yeah. It has to come out. It has to come out. You have to break it down. Yeah. How is it, Pastor Clifford? I remember when I was sending him to, 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 to Umoja, we had to have a meeting in her hotel, a very relaxed place. Because I saw like he was under tension. When I mentioned to him to go to Umoja, he was like, hey. So we went, we, we went somewhere where we took tea so I can calm his nerves. Then we broke the news. How is it? So far, we, we, we're doing great. But uh, let me take you <laughs> to my first <laughs> to my first time. He told me to preach. <laughs> I almost forgot my I forgot the someone. <laughs> <laughs> That Tuesday, I remember, I, I, I panicked, so I left the stage. I came, I think we were back in uh, Mbakasi. Yeah. <laughs> I left the notes and everything. <laughs> you went to the stage without the notes. <laughs> I, I, I forgot. And uh, I remember after, after, after the service, of course, we had a uh, one-on-one. And you're like, <laughs> Cliff. <laughs> But after, <laughs> after that night, you said, I'm going to give you another opportunity because I want you to grow. There's something inside of you. Then uh, we've been doing it over and over again. So after the, after the preaching, I'll make sure I see you to like, you know, get uh, uh, your side of the story feedback. about the feedback. And all through it has been, it has been well. Yeah. So far, in Umoja, we're doing great. The preaching great. Is, now you're a preacher. We're preaching it. Look at that. Preaching. By the first time. He went to the stage. Then he realized he has forgotten his notes. In fact, I remember that day. When you came down, I was like, hey. I have never seen something like this. That you have invited the preacher. You are going to sit down. Before you sit down, he's leaving the stage. You're shaking your head. Yeah. Oh, he has been seeing me coming down. But he came down at a wrong time. <laughs> so it's not as easy as you think. It's not as easy as you think. But Absalom thought, I want position. I want it now. I think I can do a better thing, a better job than King David. I want, it's, it's, it's a terrible Absalom syndrome. Wait. Hallelujah. When I was working under another senior pastor, when he used to travel, I remember I used to play for, pray for everything. Pray for electricity. Pray for Kenya power. Pray for the generator. Pray for the band. Pray for the keyboard. Pray for the light. I used to pray for everything because I could feel the weight of the ministry. Because I knew after the service he would ask me, how was it? Huh? When I travel to go to America and I leave my sons here, they always ask me, when are you coming back? <laughs> yeah? When they come to pick me at the airport, most of them tell me, hey, we are flawed. Tell your neighbor, wait until you're ready. 
They didn't hear you. Tell them again. Wait until you're ready. If you see that you're not appointed, it means that you are still growing. And so keep on growing. Amen? I can see the church administrator of Siotik Tengela is in the house. What a woman. She's a powerful woman. He just wanted people to come to him. To him. Just to come to him. You understand? Yeah. Look, many, when you're a leader and another leader, point the people to your leader. Yeah. Don't point them to you. Point them to your leader. When they see that you are loyal to the leader and you love the leader, automatically they will follow you. They will be loyal to you. Is that a point or not a point? Yes. Because loyalty flows hmm? all the way down. You get. Number seven. We are still talking about Absalom syndrome. It is in my book. Transform. Pretense is another sign that you see in Absalom. He's a pretend, he's a master pretender. Master pretender. Look, he goes to David. Eh? And he tells David in verse 5. Can we read verse 5? You see, look at what he tells David in verse 5. It's like I'll do part B of this. I've not even gotten to where I wanted to get today. Nano namsha choka. Verse 5. Can we read verse 5? Oh, Michelle, you're here. It's good to see you. I was wondering where you are. And so it was. Put your hand down, Michelle. I've seen it. Now, verse 5. So, and so it was. Please, let's read. And so it was. To him that he will put out his hand and take him. And do what? And kiss. You see, he was a prince. So naturally, people are supposed, were supposed to bow before him. Do you understand what I'm saying? To, 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 to show honor and respect. They were supposed to bow to him. But look at what he does. Give me that scripture again. Look at what he did. What did he do? He, he, hey. Anyone came near to, near to bow to him, they will, he will put out his hand and take him and say, no, 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 don't bow, don't bow, don't bow, don't bow. And do what? And kiss them. To show them, look, you don't have to show me that I'm very important or I'm a leader or I'm ahead of you. You don't have to do that. Hmm? I'm trying to show you that we are together. We are the same. I'm also at the grassroots level, like you. Yeah. This isn't your to go ground. <laughs> but it was pretense. The kiss was pretense. The stopping people from bowing, it was pretense. And the people that I've seen who can really pretend are Christians. In my years of ministry, oh, pretenders are Christians. 
You see somebody who is not born again will just tell you, I hate you. And if you joke, I'll kill you. If you are from Meru, they will tell you, I'll do what? I'll cut you. And as he's saying, he's cutting you. As the blood is bleeding, or is the blood is flowing? <laughs> but Christians will pretend. They'll pretend they love you. They'll pretend they're there for you. They'll pretend they'll be kissing you all the time. But let me tell you, their hearts are rotten. Stinking. The things they're thinking about you. Very bad things. As he was kissing these people, he was just telling them, you don't know what I'm doing. Now he's a two-box. Pole, pole. Now he's a kiss. Now he's a two-box. Now he's a two-box. Now he's a two-box. Now he's a king at 10 a.m. But when you realize that I rise up early, you ata nyuma anza kujema pema. For the kiss. Ah, ni mo he's a box. Now he's a two-box. That's why you see, when he realized that he has now clout, he decided to go and ask for permission to be away. Pretense. Are you a pretender? Or you're genuine? Do you love your leader genuinely? Huh? I always repeat, please love me genuinely. Huh? You know me, I love all of you genuinely. With all my heart. Huh? I love you genuinely. With all my heart. Yes. I can see that these camera people are stressed the way I'm moving. So let me stand in one place. Hmm? Shakura is saying, Pasisi apandengetu ukojua prichienge ukojua. Alright. Lord, make me stand here. And if I move, Lord, remind me not to move very far. Simutanfuata. Love genuinely. Love your pastor genuinely. Love your pastor genuinely. You're watching. Love your pastor genuinely. Because a lot of people, their love is not genuine. It's pretense. It's pretense. Please, let's, let's remove the culture of pretense from the church. It's too much. It's too much. Some of the people I've seen rebellious. If I can show you what they used to do when they come before me, you'll be surprised. You will be surprised. Some of them were bowing down almost. It's like almost, it's like they were bowing down until you could think that their brain is almost falling off their heads. And the things they were saying Pastor, I want you to know I have found a pastor in you, a father in you, a prophet in you. I have arrived. I will never, ever leave you. Uh. Then, I, I, like, I like that word. Gafla bin vu. Look, can we go deeper? Let's talk matters love. Let's go deeper. You don't love somebody genuinely because they are perfect. 
if, if you're loving somebody because they are perfect, your love is fake, it is shallow, it is childish, and it will never take you anywhere. Real love covers a multitude of sins. That's real love. And it's time for us to offer real love. When you see a couple who have been married for 45 years, 50 years, is real love. That their love has graduated from feelings and goosebumps. And I can even tell you without fear, it has even gone beyond sex. It is now real, true love. So these people were married, you're still two years, three years. Umjanza. Fire! Fire! When you meet two people who have grown old together, they are holding hands and they are working together. It is not sex that is putting them together. Because they don't even have the strength to do it. If they do it, somebody might die. The tower has not just fallen. It has shrunk. It is not even there. <laughs> there is no tower. You have to look for the tower. Where is the tower? Is your neighbor laughing or they are not laughing? Some of you neighbors are too serious. When things are lying, you should not be so serious. Oh, they don't know what a tower is. Please explain to them so they understand what we are talking about. She's wondering what to tell her to ask the husband. <laughs> True love. True love. Certain things are not in marriage. But two people are still together. Wrinkled faces. Toothless. Even kissing is a problem. You go there, you are looking for anything, and there is nothing. The only thing you meet is the gum. Renson, <laughs> what are you thinking? Oh, so you know the song. You people, are you born again? <laughs> and you see they are still together helping each other working together when one is sick the other one is affected there is a picture I still have it in my mind I have never forgotten in fact sometimes when I think about it I become very emotional I remember when my grandmother died from my mother's side I was I can't remember what happened so we went for the funeral and I, I remember looking at my grandfather. He was old. Old that he could not even walk. When he'd lost his wife, I saw tears. I remember when they were lowering my grandmother, he stood at the grave there, alone. And he was waving. 
was waving. Because they had stayed for many years together. He was just waving. And he stayed there waving for a while. Waving. Oh, it broke my heart. That's true love. And tears were rolling down his cheeks as he's waving. You don't love people because they're perfect. Some of you, your love is so cheap. It's very cheap. You love today, tomorrow you're hating. That's not love. I'm teaching you very deep stuff. When you decide you're going to love somebody, this person is imperfect, but you love them anyway. For God so loved the world. The world was ugly, but God still loved the world. Oh, you love your pastor because, oh, he has not said anything that offends you. When he says something that offends you, your love disappears. Love genuinely. Let your love stand the test of time. Stand the test of time. Not pretense. Because pretense will never last. But true love will last. Glory to God. Nobody gets married hoping to divorce. Hmm? You don't come to the altar. When the pastor is joining, you are thinking of how you're going to divorce this guy. No one thinks at that particular moment that they're going to divorce the person. No. They are believing that from that point, the only thing that will separate them is what? Is death. That is true love. It's time for members to love their pastors genuinely. Because my members were hanya sana. Is there an English word for that? You are prostitutes. Spiritual prostitutes. You don't love your pastor. You are not loyal to your pastor. You're not faithful to your pastor. Yes. You're not. Your heart is divided. It's divided. So when you're with him, you pretend, oh, man of God. Oh, I don't Amen. Man of God, you know, you bless me, man of God, but in your heart, if we are to split open your heart, we shall be surprised. Pretense. You're an Absalom. Huh? When you're before David, you tell David, David, thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for bringing me back to Jerusalem. I'm happy whatever. But you're planning. You're cooking things. You're planning things. You're plotting to be able to bring the king down. The king down. Let me tell you, let's have genuine love. Look at anybody and tell them, if you're going to love me, just love me the way I am. No pretense. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes when I look at some churches, Pastor Mary, I envy the pastor of those churches. I just envy because the guy has candles. From January to January, there is story after story after story. The media is writing. 
The people are saying, but the members are saying, that's my pastor. And you think the church will close. It doesn't close. They still go. Moses has married an Ethiopian woman. It is an Ethiopian woman. But they are still there. You don't love people because they are perfect. Because even you, you are not perfect. I wish you were. So that you show us what perfection is. But you are not. Yeah. The reason why people speak about pastors a lot is because they are in the limelight. Everybody is watching them. You see, every move I make right now, I'm in the limelight. That's why I'm very careful where, where I go. You understand? When I do something bad and you do something bad, mine, the impact will be greater. I'll give you a story. I used to go somewhere to swim. Huh? I used to drive almost out of just this environment to go somewhere. I'll go to swim just to have quiet, quiet moment in the pool. I used to go, do, 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 jump like a fish. I used to swim. Then after that, I order something I eat and then I go back home happy. One time I'm swimming. When I come out, someone says, hey, pastor, you're here. <laughs> I said, yes, I'm here. I said, wow. I didn't know you know how to swim. I said, wow, amazing. One time I'm swimming like this, a lady also comes out of the water. I said, hey, pastor, you come here to swim? I said, yes, I do. He said, I know you. I said, where did you know me? You came to preach in our church. That was the end of my swimming. <laughs> because if somebody comes and he sees me talking to this lady and the lady has worn... You want me to describe how a lady looks? And they take a photo and they say, look at your pastors. How they're enjoying your tithe. And you, if you see that photo, will you not believe it? Please talk to me. Will you not believe it? So when I want to swim, I have to like go out of town. Yeah, so I can just try and be... You know, when you get to a certain stage, people love fame, but when you become famous, you now desire privacy. Yeah, that's why when I go to America, I'm very happy. I'm able to wear my short. Just walk on New York City with my short. One time I was wearing a jeans and I went to town. And I met one of my members. And she was very shocked. She said, Pastor, you wear jeans. Because <laughs> she has always seen me in ties and suits on Sunday. She was very shocked. She was very fascinated. Pastor. She was even looking at me. <laughs> you know why you wear jeans? So when you become, you get to a certain level, you also desire privacy. That's why I love my house. Because when I enter my house, I relax. Yes. Relax. As for a mango juice or yogurt. Put my feet on the table. 
and just relax. Just drink my yogurt. Say, Lord, thank you for privacy. Because out there, Lord, is not easy. One time I was somewhere, I think we were, somebody, we were eating in a restaurant. We ate, ate. When we finished, we went to pay. He said, it has been paid. He said, hey, it's a good blessing, but it also scares you. <laughs> it scares you. You understand? So what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that let us love our pastors. Genuinely. That's why I even told you on 6th, you must bring a gift to the pastors we are appointing and to the pastors we are consecrating. Carry a gift. See your ticket, Angela. Bring a gift for your pastor. Umoja, bring a gift for your pastor. Magindu. Give to your pastor. I think they have understood. Number eight, subtle spirituality. Subtle spirituality. Verse seven to twelve. What happened? Verse seven to twelve. Hmm? Rose, did I speak the right kamba? The one I spoke. Are you trying to say that I did not speak? Where are my soldiers? I told you you should always make your pastor look good, isn't it? She, she was supposed to say yes. But she did not say. Can you just wash her a little bit? Huh? And did, did you, did, did they understand what I said? <laughs> How can you say where, when? Sato spirituality, verse 7 to 12. I will do part B of this next month. Do you want me to do part B? Part B is very powerful. It's something you've never heard before. Verse 7. Now, it came to pass after 40 years that Absalom said to the king, look at the way he's a schemer. 40 years, very patient. Working behind the scenes. After 40 years that Absalom said to the king, please, now, let me go to Hebron. Why Hebron? is the same, same place where David was anointed as king. Say, let me go to Hebron. And pay the vow which I made to the Lord. Beautiful. Now it came to pass after 40 years. Okay, verse 8. Uh -huh. For your servant took a vow. Look, this is subtle spirituality. For your servant took a vow while I dwell at Geshur. You know, that is where he went for exile. After killing Amnon. All right? Because Amnon had, 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 had raped the sister. And remember, I talked to you about counsel. The counsel that Amnon received was from a guy who was corrupted. Because he was saying, oh, Amnon, why do you look sick? 
said, oh, because you know why? When I look at my sister, man, I'm attracted to her. He said, oh, you, go and pretend you're sick. Then tell the king, me, because I'm sick, I only want one person to serve me, and that is my sister. When she comes, you know what to do after that. And that's exactly what he did. How do you rape your own sister? With all these women. Your own sister, man. Your own sister, man. Your own sister, man. Really? Look, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't control that thing that is in your skirt or that thing that is in your trouser, it will drive you crazy. Tell your neighbor, control it. Your neighbor did not hear you. You know, you know, some of you behave as if there is nothing beyond your skirt or there is nothing beneath your trouser. Tell your neighbor, control it, control it. Manage it in the name of Jesus. I preached a message that I want all of you to listen to. Huh? About the lost coin of the woman cleaning the house. I preached about immorality. There's so much immorality in the church. Yeah, People are sleeping with each other in the church. A lot. In the name of Bible study, in the name of encouragement, in the name of I came to visit you, to encourage you, in the name of I'm an Absalom who has come to give you a kiss. People are sleeping with one another in the church like crazy. Brothers are firing sisters. And sisters are allowing brothers to fire them. In the church. And they still come and worship. After being fired. Sunday morning. Wrong cancel. <laughs> My daughters, you shall not be fired. You see, you cannot even say amen. I say, my daughters, you will not be fired by a crook in the name of Jesus. Absalom will not kiss you and fire you in Jesus' name. Why are you not saying amen? It is serious. And look, if you don't control it, even marriage will not save you. Yeah, because your wife can never satisfy your lust. And your husband can never satisfy your lust. Lust is lust. Lust is not treated with more sex. Lust is treated by accepting the grace of God to function in your life. And allowing the word of God to take charge of all your faculties. That's how you'll be safe. Otherwise, you will never be satisfied. Yeah. I'm telling you. That's a message within a message. You have to control that thing that is in your trouser. You think I'm shy? I'll say it again. You have to control that thing that is in your trouser. Yes, control it. Control and speak to it every now and then and tell them, Lou, you, I'm seeing the way you're behaving. I'm seeing where you're trying to go. I bring you back in the name of Jesus. Fall now in Jesus' name. Bow at the feet of Jesus right now in the name of Jesus.
Never let your erection determine your direction. Nasikia kama hapa sijaongea vizuri. Hallelujah. Not only men, even ladies. Control. Control it. Close your legs. Funga. Funga. Eh? Funga. I'm talking to you ladies. Funga. Funga. Right now, in the name of Jesus. We close your legs by fire. In Jesus' name. <laughs> you will only open it when you get married. Are you getting what I'm saying? I know what I'm talking about. This is what is destroying many people. Yeah. So, cancel every other negative advice you've had. Follow the advice I've given to you today. Let's follow that advice. <laughs> Hallelujah. I have never had, Pastor Clifford, anyone who has died for lack of sex. But they starved you so much until you died. When they read your eulogy, he was born. The cause of his death. Lack of sex. Nothing. And those of you who are married and you're not having sex with your husband, you are also sinning. You didn't get married to get into the marriage to be a sister. You're not a sister. You are a wife. The work of the wife is to open the legs. Yes. when they get married. Yes. Now they are now holy. Now, now they are holy, they are spiritual. When you mention sex, oh, no, can, can we just pray and worship? Can we just think of heavenly things? Look, when you get married, you are not a sister anymore. You are a wife. So do wife duties. Yes. When the brother is the mood, Fungua. Fungua. Look, I'm not afraid to tell you this. Because I'm your father. 
And I don't want you to have problems in your marriage. I want you to enjoy your marriage. Many husbands are frustrated. Yeah. They are frustrated because the wives don't want to give them sex. Before she was married, she really wanted it. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward. I'm keeping myself for my husband. Oh, I'm looking forward. I can't wait our first night. Oh my goodness. I'm just think of the things I would do to him. Oh God. When they get married, let us pray. Let us worship. I am tired. I am having a headache. I'm having a stomachache. Can we do it next week? No. You are a wife. Please, if you are seated next to a wife, tell that wife, wachanga ujinga. Wambia wacha mchezo na wacha ujinga. I don't know where it came from, but I believe I'm under inspiration to speak to people in this house. When you get married, be very serious. It's not a joking thing. It is, it is ministry. Serious ministry, which has to be conducted. Look, it has been proven. It has been proven scientifically. One of the ways you reduce having prostate cancer as a man is by having frequent sex. So as a wife, help your husband not to get prostate cancer. This side is very quiet. So, husbands, are you here? Yes. Next time you suggest, yes. and she says she has a headache, yes. ask her, do you want me to have prostate cancer? If she says no, wambia fungua. Are we okay here? Okay. <laughs> Ladies, wives, we shall not kill our husbands. Wives are very quiet. I'm saying, wives, we shall not kill our husbands before their time. Yes, in Jesus' name. And some men as well. You are always not in a mood, you are always tired, and you are stressed. See you what, what, what? At the today, today, the boss, the work, the deadline, I don't know what. If you are a wife, tell the man, Fungua! Look, I am not afraid of you. 
the server should be open 24-7. Huh? The wife is waiting, is waiting, is waiting. Nothing happens. He's waiting, he's waiting, she's waiting, waiting. Nothing happens. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting. Nothing happens. You're always giving excuses. Oh, Sujimara, Sujimara, Sujimini, Sujimini, No. You're not a brother in that house. You are a husband. Do the work of a husband. Otherwise, the caretaker will take over. And the gardener will also take over. Before they take over, Take charge. Do you know why I'm very strong on that area? It's because I don't want your marriage to be destroyed. I don't want your marriage to go down. Wow. You understand what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying? So be serious. If you don't want to work, don't get married. Stay. You keep on listening to worship songs, to prayer and stuff. When you get married, look, it's work. It's work. Yeah. You should even do a lap dance for your husband. Yes. Dress in a seductive manner for him. Yes. Look, I am not afraid of you. Some of you think I'm afraid of you. I'm not afraid of you. I'll tell you the truth. I'll not hide the truth from you. I'll tell you the truth. Let me finish by saying this. You keep on frustrating that man and you keep on frustrating that woman and they are being tempted and they are still remaining faithful to you. God will remove you and bring somebody in their lives who will be a blessing to them. Because you, you are behaving as if you are the only one. Let me tell you. Vashti one time, the king is calling Vashti. Come. She didn't want to come. Vashti, come. She doesn't want to come. Come, I show you to the visitors who have come. She refuses because she thinks she's the only woman in the kingdom. Where? Here comes Esther. Behind here, it's very quiet. Mm. Here comes Esther. And Esther became a perfect wife for the king. Perfect. And we never hear anything about Vashti anymore. Gone and forgotten. Some of these single ladies you are seeing here can replace you. And they will rock your husband. They will rock his world. <laughs> I don't know. 
around this world. When the layer took a chaser, you'll be replaced. Just push the side like Vashti. So when do you go up Hapa kumenyamaza. Kuna masingles hapa wengi sana. Ama. Yeah. So, if you are married, if you are married, stand to your feet. If you are married, I want you to be serious from today. Very serious. Don't joke with that area. Yeah. Jaduong. Omera. Jacob. Don't joke. Don't joke. Be serious. That is not your sister. That is your wife. That is not your brother. That is your husband. So don't joke. It doesn't matter how many years you've lived together. That's still your wife. And that's still your husband. You understand? And you know some of you are going to be pastors. You're going to be men of God. You're going to be women of God. Minister effectively if you are frustrated in that area. The, mom, the moment you lay hands on a sister, your trouser goes push. You say, Ashes, please bring me a towel. Bring me a towel. So instead of covering the one you are praying for. The ashes are now covering you. <laughs> are we going to be serious, married couples? Let's be serious. Please be seated. That was a message within a message. Verse 8. Are we reading verse 8? For your servant took a vow. Who? While I dwell at Geshur in Syria, saying, If the Lord indeed brings me back to Jerusalem, then I will serve the Lord. Verse 9. And the king said to him, Go in peace. So he arose. And he went where? To Hebron. But afterwards, what happened? Verse 10. Then Absalom sent spies. So he was not going to worship. It was subtle spirituality. Yes. He was not going to worship. This is what he was going to do. Then Absalom sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel saying, as soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, then you shall say, Absalom reigns in Hebron. So you can see that it was not genuine spirituality. Isn't it? He was pretending to be going to worship, but it was not true. Zef, it was not true. 
I can tell you how many times people have lied to me. Hmm? Telling me that the Lord has spoken to them to go and do something. I had a pastor who told me the Lord has spoken to him to go and sell shirts. Then I looked at him and said, I think you're lying to me. You're not going to sell shirts. Only to realize that he wanted to use that to go and start a church. If you want to start a church, just come and say, I want to start a church. Why must you lie to start a church? Because if you lie to start a church, your church will have the foundation of lies. How will God bless that church? If the foundation is lies. So that means everything you preach is a lie. Everything you tell people is a lie. Because the foundation is wrong. How will God bless such a ministry? They never go far. Another one told me, I feel like God has not called me. Subtle spirituality. So I want to go and I don't even know what he said. Start a business or something. Only to realize he wanted to start a church. Subtle spirituality. So my sons, don't be like Absalom. don't be like an Absalom. Praise the Lord. In fact, you should really be happy. You're under a pastor who is trying to raise you to plant a church. Me, I wish I can send all of you to plant churches. Look, I'm never intimidated by anybody. Because I know myself. In fact, I want you to do more than me. Because that is a sign of a good leader. You understand? So why should you lie to me that you're going to sell shirts? If you want to plant a church, just come and say, I want to plant a church. Does it need rocket science? I'm going to sell shoes. And I know very well you're not going to sell shoes. You're just lying. Subtle spirituality. Be open and be honest. He lied to David that he was going to sacrifice. But he had already positioned his men. That's why he said, when you hear the sound of the trumpet. Do what? Huh? Give us a verse again. When you hear what? Huh? Then Absalom sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel saying, as soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, then you shall say, Absalom reigns in. Are you seeing anything spiritual there? Yeah. Hey, Lucy, you're in this meeting. You're very quiet. Ebu, wash her a bit for me. I haven't heard her say even amen when I'm preaching. Did she say amen? Me, I didn't hear. Just wash her a little bit for me so she can. Eh? Yeah? I shout a man I hear. Is that a shout? Please, after you wash her, you go and wash Dolly because she's supposed to make the leader look good. But she's challenging the leader in front of this congregation. Eh? Why are you not making the leader look good? <laughs> Have mercy on them. Yeah. She said amen. Have mercy on her. Yeah. So the last one is spiritual. Huh? Subtle spirituality. Amen. 
Because that's where I want to stop for today, but I'll continue. Because I want to do part B of it. Very powerful. Subtle spiritual. We're going to look at the antidote to the Absalom syndrome. Because I'm going to vaccinate you. Hmm? I'm going to inoculate you against the Absalom syndrome so that you never ever become a victim of Absalom syndrome in the name of Jesus. I'll give you one shot then I'll give you the second shot then I'll give you a booster to vaccinate you against the Absalom syndrome. Somebody give God praise in this house. Is that the best you can give to God? Father, we pray, help us today not to succumb to Absalom syndrome. Help us, Lord, to watch the signs, the symptoms. Help us, all, God, to understand the areas, the location, the inflated ego that most of the time becomes a challenge to us. Help us, Jehovah God, to avoid anything that will lead us to the path of Absalom in the name of Jesus. I pray that all of us, we shall be immune. We shall be vaccinated, even as I keep on teaching on this, against this syndrome, so that we may be able to serve you with all our hearts. We give you glory, and we give you praise. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Give God a clap one more time. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazu Techero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.